0: Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of D.C. that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia.
1: Hello again everybody, welcome to another exciting edition of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago and everyone is turning around and running in fear with the exception of the loyal diehards because this Big Red Bus is a massive structure that instills fear into everyone does not bear a love for the beloved bull what say you my co-pilot doug <laughs> tonis
2: i see you brought the bus description back after uh after my comments last week seven so, miles
1: um, long seven miles wide <laughs> seven miles high seven miles strong i like that one i think that i would make a t-shirt with that i like that
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go i got some custom ink uh coupons for you after making my new bulls shirts so oh yeah we um, gotta I'll hand those out on, send those your way
1: on the 27th I, of february are you gonna be there
2: I I don't know yet. We'll we'll see how things look. I, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Anyway, it's a Sunday. I, it's a Sunday, probably. I give you a strong probably.
1: All right, you got get on that as soon as you can because I think your presence would uh, probably uh, quadruple the amount of tickets sold. From uh, I think that's that uh, based
2: on our Twitter followers. It seems really unlikely. You Florida have like eight thousand. I have, I have <laughs> like one thousand. I don't think anyone likes me.
1: I, you got more than 1,000.
2: Oh, you're like 1,600. It's it's funny, too. And I thought like at first it was just like, well, you've had them for a while. Yeah. But you've gained like 1,000 this year, and I've gained like 300. Well, so people your like, momentum uh, is stronger. You're a superstar, Fred. <laughs> I'm just an extra holding you back. You know, you should you should. See I think there's it. a
1: large group of anti-Giddy uh, fans out there that are starting to, to join the movement. <laughs> yeah, same, yeah.
2: As, same as for Mark, though. Mark also started the season around 7,000, gained 1,000. You know, so even even the pro giddy crowd.
1: I know I gotta stop interacting with him because I know that's uh, leading to greater. Uh, my gosh, if he ever catches up to me, that will be a dark day. But uh, well, he's,
2: he's right there. He's right on you. Where is he face. at now?
1: I can't believe is he close to eight?
2: He he's over eight. He's over eight. You guys are you guys are like a hundred apart or something? It's it's right there. You're in you, trouble. You, you've got to
1: be kidding me. That's, yeah, that, you're going to have horrific, to start promoting,
2: you know, yeah. to sign on one of those services that, like, just gets you, like, 100,000 yeah, exactly. big followers. You know, that's how you he did it.
1: Do. That's how he did it. I knew it had to be something like that. Some some Australian government operation, I'm sure, is is, is under the, the root cause of why he's up close to me now, within a uh, rock-throwing distance. But regardless, uh, we got other things to talk about. More, more importantly... The it's, beloved goal it's a great, start. It's a great it?
2: start, right? After yeah. after this break. I mean the break came at a really good time because we were missing both Demar and Zach and everyone and we weren't gonna win those two games, most likely, fielding effectively our G League team. And so we got those those two days off. Came back. We still have a limited roster, especially with Derek Jones Junior going out in the first game back, and, and we'll miss, you know, he missed the last game, and he'll miss the next game, and then Alex Caruso going out again. I don't, I don't know his status for the next game, but, you know, he played six minutes last night against Houston. Didn't really matter. Houston was also fielding a G League-type roster. And, you know, the Bulls went 2-0. I was hoping they would win 2-3 and two three before Zach went back, you know, one of the first two, so already mission accomplished. You know, if they win this third one in a row, you're just all gravy. And then, you know, you got to hope that the Bulls will just kind of be healthy now, right? You know, I like a little bit of herd immunity going, you would think. Hopefully they got the Omicron vir- uh, variant of the virus. We, we don't really know. But, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we'll, we'll be pretty healthy from COVID the rest of the year. And, you know, coming up over the next month, we're probably going to be playing a lot of teams missing guys. You know, we kind of went through our little version of this gauntlet early and and came through it at 19 and 10 so far. And that's that's great news because we're probably going to get some easier games for other teams taking their turn in this whole thing,
1: yeah, and I, I really grow weary a little bit of the excuses. I know we had a ton of guys that that got it, and we we had those games canceled. But like I, I still go back to the Miami game. We still had we still had Ball. We still had Levine. We still had I can't recall if Cruzill played in that game or not. We still had Vucevic. Like Miami was missing a ton of guys uh they were missing three or probably four top players too. So it like I felt you're, like you're
2: going back two weeks just to complain. <laughs> no, no, but I keep on hearing and that and you're going like, go back two weeks in time to complain.
1: I keep on hearing just, that you're like, oh, you know, we, we really got screwed by it. In retrospect, we really we really didn't I don't think we lost it. You know, the Cleveland game, we we still had a lot of our guys. Vucevic was awful in that game. Miami we lost. So we lost those two games, but I felt like Miami should still have performed a little bit better. Regardless, they canceled the week. And I think in the long run, we've won these first two games due to the greatness of DeMar DeRozan, who to me has been the best player in this team, and he continues to be and the calming force in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't want to hear any excuses. I, I think we have enough guys that we should be able to win, and all the teams are dealing with this right now. And it's up to...
2: Well, at the time, not all the teams were dealing with it. No, you're but starting they to see a pretty widespread, it's not a matter of excuses. Like, certainly, we could have won that Miami game. Possibly, you know, Miami wasn't, you know, throwing out their best roster, so that no. was, that game was a toss-up. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and Cleveland's had a great season. They're they're a very good team this year so far, and you know, we, we certainly st- still should have had a chance against them. You know, we still had enough guys to have a chance, but you're you're really hurt when you lose. You go down to your bench, and then you're like playing four guys who practice with the team once and, you know, are, like, G League caliber talent. Like, just the fact that you have a couple of your stars and some of your starting lineup is okay, you know, really what kills you is you lose all your continuity, especially for a defensive-oriented team. And even against Miami, they were missing their stars, but the rest of their guys were their normal guys. Like, they weren't, they weren't playing with the guys that didn't have continuity with the team, that weren't used to the offense, the defense, the coaching. You know, that's just pretty hard to overcome at the pro level. I, either way, it's not, not, I don't mean it as an excuse, but it's understandable. Maybe I'll put it that way. Like, you, you get why it happened. It's not like, I'm not losing sleep that it happened, I guess. You know, the Bulls are still 19 and 10. You don't always win the games you should win either. And you don't always lose the games you should lose. So, you know, it's okay And in, in the grand scheme of things. The important thing is that the Bulls probably aren't going to get hit with a major COVID hit thing again. You know, barring them losing someone to, you know, a different type of physical injury for a significant period of time. You know, you would hope this team is, is going to be reasonably healthy. And we're going to be coming up now against a lot of teams that probably are going to be missing guys, and so now we're yes. going to have a little bit of this advantage that you know we, we had some things going against us before. Not that we couldn't have overcome them, to your point, but we had some going against us, and now we're going to have some things probably for us. So that's that's a great change.
1: Yeah, all I meant is, in retrospect, looking back, we're nineteen and ten. We had two games canceled that where most of our players were in the uh, protocol, and you know, big picture when we look back. I don't think we're going to say, wow, that, that, that COVID protocol really cost us. It really cost us. Relevant to how it's cost any other team. You know, like I, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. We lost two games in Miami and Cleveland that we may have won if we were at full strength. But big picture, I, I think going forward, we we have enough to win. As long as DeMar DeRozan is, is healthy, we should be in every game. Because that guy is freaking awesome. and. You know, I heard a really interesting conversation on uh, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst where they were talking about the Lakers, and the Lakers, you know, LeBron was recruiting DeRozan this offseason, and the the the, uh, the ultimate uh, gall of a team to, to expect them to take like 5 million mid-level, I don't know what exactly uh, the, the original uh, decision or talk was, but the reason the Lakers didn't couldn't really do a sign and trade for DeRozan is because it would have hard capped them at 143 million. They're at 163 uh, as a payroll. And, uh, you know, so it really would have been very, very difficult for them to make a trade. He would have probably taken a little bit less. uh, But, you know, I don't think that was ever a real realistic option for him. And so it was just a really interesting discussion on how bad the Lakers wanted him. But, realistically, if they would have gone in another direction, they could have got him, hard-capped themselves, also signed Caruso, and they could have had two of the key players on that Lakers team and been in a much better position, I think we all agree, than where they're at now.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly the Lakers, I'm sure, wished they had DeMar instead of Westbrook, right?
1: Well, DeMar and Caruso. I mean, because of their foolish, their idiocy – my bigger point is, the Lakers have been a joke of an organization for the vast part of a decade. The only thing that they have going for them is they reside in Los Angeles, a city that has fantastic weather and, and great opportunity if you're interested in the entertainment space. they a completely incompetent organization, and this is what incompetent organizations do. They lose out on an opportunity to get DeMar DeRozan and resign Caruso, instead they bring Westbrook and a... You know, a variety of other average players for the most part. And Just so out of
2: curiosity, which team has the most titles in the history of the NBA?
1: In the last 10 years?
2: No, just overall in the history of the NBA. That's why I said history of the NBA. Probably the,
1: the NBA. Lakers, but yes, they were okay. a good – They were uh, hey, a, a competent dog, come on. organization. They were a great organization. How many, how
2: many titles have they won in the last 10 years? One. How many have the Bulls won? Zero. Okay. How many have they won like in the last 20 years? Oh, come on
1: hold on a second hold on a second what organization has made more sound decisions in the last decade let's be honest let's go back the last 12 years the bulls i don't want to go down this road i'm not going to go down (laughs) i know
2: because it's really stupid i mean like fine look the lakers Lakers have been a joke
1: for the last seven years they got lebron to sign there they did nothing to deserve it a
2: joke over a seven-year stretch where they won a title yes come on get out of here how did they win the title? It's a ridiculous thing to say. It's, it's not a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to say. Just, it is a ridiculous thing to say. To say a team that has won a title over this stretch was a joke over that stretch. If you win a title, you're not a joke. Sorry. There's no other legitimate way to look at it. It's just a ridiculous thing. Drop it. It's fine. They didn't sign DeMar. That was a mistake. I agree with you there. Their offseason this year was a, was a train wreck. The How did the they sign the
1: LeBron James. Season? They won a title because LeBron James signed in Los Angeles. How did they sign him? How did that happen?
2: developing a brand over 40 years that everyone wants to go there. No, because it's in LA. Because they're not a joke over the history of their organization.
1: That's true. And neither are the Bulls. The Bulls have won six titles. The Bulls didn't get
2: LeBron James. Their brand wasn't good enough to do that.
1: Because Chicago is not the entertainment capital of the world. It has more to do with the city and the weather, then it does have to do with the organization. Okay, let's move
2: on, because your your argument is ridiculous.
1: It's not ridiculous. It's absolutely I correct. I hope
2: that we can be a joke that won a title. I hope that we're so jokingly bad that we win a title in the next seven years. And <laughs> we can all laugh at how incompetent we are in our title-winning ways.
1: All right, well, I'm telling you right now, I know this is true, and I know deep down if you analyze why LeBron James signed in Los Angeles, it wasn't because of the competency of the current – team that the executives that run that organization oh,
2: he wanted he wanted to be in LA he wanted to be part of a historic organization that has had that has built up a massive brand he didn't go sign with the Clippers like who are in LA he went and he signed with the Lakers Kawhi did yeah okay well the first time the Clippers got anyone
1: no they actually had Chris had Paul and they, had they actually their, had yeah. well they
2: traded for Chris Paul it's the first free agent the they biggest signed.
1: joke of an organization you t- tell me if that was in Oklahoma City anyone would ever sign there no the the reason well, why if, it's if L.A. Oklahoma
2: City had signed like have won like a ton of titles and the most titles in the history of the NBA. It's like San Antonio. San Antonio because of their reputation was able to sign LeMarcus Aldridge. I'm LaMarcus not arguing. I'm not, argu-
1: that I'm not like- arguing that the Lakers were a great organization throughout the 80s, and 70s, that, that and 60s. Being a
2: great organization is part of what signed got them to sign LeBron because they're a great organization with Kobe and and guys LeBron knew. And he continued in that tradition. That was a part of that. No.
1: He signed there because of the uh, entertainment opportunities outside of basketball. I'm sure that was part of it. And, and that, was the that was a majority reason because but nobody would have gone signed – in, in All right, the, let's move on because, okay. like
2: I said, this is stupid. Yeah. You're freaking arguing that a team that won a title is incompetent. It's a dumbass argument. So let's move on. By I probably not. shouldn't call your argument dumbass and then tell you to move on. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me yeah. let me just like throw some yeah. more sticks in the fire and then tell you to walk away. <laughs> I, my
1: bigger point is our executives are far more competent than the current executives in Los Angeles. I believe that firmly.
2: I don't. And yeah, I don't. I don't have like that's a my general belief point. In a Los Angeles executive. So I'll agree with you there. I don't
1: think it's great, It takes a lot of talent to to. To listen to Anthony Davis say, I want to play in LA for the Lakers. Why? Well, because it's LA and that's where I live in the off season. That's where I want to be. Well, on, and then know, they give every asset that they've collected for like the last four years to, to, to get them there. And then they get LeBron and LeBron that's and
2: fine. do everything. That's fine. But they, they did it. They had to decide do we want to give up all these assets for AD? Do we have enough to win? And yeah, to be honest, I think they actually wouldn't have won if it weren't for the bubble. But there you go. No. The yeah, different. exactly.
1: Yeah, that's another. But either topic. way, they
2: still they still won a title in the last seven years, and you know at the start of each season, they're a team that you think of can win the title. So, yeah, I don't think their organization is amazing. They they didn't. I mean, they, they tried to pay Dennis Schroeder, and Dennis Schroeder saved them with his own incompetency.
1: Yeah, they just
2: traded Russell Westbrook, which like everyone watching the NBA knew was a joke before it happened and was not going to work out well. So, yeah, I, I mean, they they definitely got some problems. Anyway. Let's, let's move on to the Bulls because the Bulls are doing really well. So I got, I got a question for you, Fred.
1: Well, i got one more to tell you. Take a guess. Uh, all right. Does it actually discuss yeah, the Bulls? Yeah, it's, 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 this is a Bulls okay. one. So okay. DeMar DeRozan has scored the most points average per game against the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are the third most. He scored the third most against the Lakers. It's like, I can't remember. It's over 20 points per game in his career. The other two teams that are ahead of them, one resides in the West, one resides in the East, and one is a competitor. Uh, you know, probably a title contender. So can you name those teams?
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the Cavs and the Clippers.
1: No, it's the Portland Trailblazers and the Miami Heat. So good signs. I think that's good signs.
2: I, I don't know what DeMar's historical <laughs> scoring average against three random teams has to do with being good signs. I'd that's like a, to throw that had in there. Totally different rosters <laughs> that are completely irrelevant.
1: In my world, uh, I'd like to throw that in there just because I think the Bulls would have won if if Demar was healthy against the Heat. Oh, okay, but that's yeah. Why. <laughs> I think
2: they would have. I think the Bulls could have beaten the Heat if Demar was there and Bam and Jimmy Butler were out.
1: So maybe I was wrong. COVID cost us. Maybe I was wrong with the whole argument. Well, what, yeah, What's your I, question? I mean, like, what's your like, question to your for me? Point,
2: though it's not like they were running out a full lineup either. I mean. You know, that game doesn't mean anything towards the future, right? Other than the seeding and the the actual impact on the records. It's not like you look at the outcome of that game and go, well, the next time these teams play, if they're fully healthy, this game will be a precursor to the next one. Like, it's, it's an irrelevancy. It was like, basically, neither team was playing with its real roster. The next game will have an entirely different style and feel to it.
1: Yeah, you know what's weird, though, Doug? This season in the East, it's so strange how close all these teams are. That I think even like one or two games could have a massive impact on what happens in the playoffs. It really, I, I really think it could. You know, like the Bulls could end up, and if they get some bad luck, if Miami keeps on faltering, let's say we get the second seed and we end up playing Miami in the first round, that's a team I would rather not play in the first round. You know what I mean? Do you agree?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I, Miami wouldn't be my choice of first round opponents if the Bulls are seated as high as second.
1: So yeah, like you right. Know,
2: to- certainly, you'd hope. You'd hope you could, like, grab the Hornets or the Wizards. Yeah.
1: Like, so if the season season ended today, well, obviously you have to play and stuff. But let's just assume it – But,
2: I mean, like, I don't know that you'd want to play the 76ers who are floating around there either. Exactly. Or the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. You know, so, (laughs) I mean, like, it's not like – yeah, it's not like there's great, great choices. You know, you'd probably take Atlanta, uh, Toronto, Boston – to take those teams instead. I think.
1: Yeah, even Atlanta though is going to be a tough out. I still think in the play, the East is just so much deeper than it was in previous years. So yeah,
2: well, you're not going to get an easy first round team. Right. So let's just, you know, most likely, let's just leave it at that. Like it's you're gonna to have to, you're gonna to to legitimately beat a good team to to events. Even even whoever comes out of eighth will probably be pretty good.
1: Yeah, great great point. And actually, right now, I just want to throw out this scenario. Right now it's uh, the season if the season ended today let's just say the top 8 teams made it it'd be the Nets the Bulls the Cavs the Bucks the Heat the 76ers Wizards and Hornets the second round game would be the winner for the Nets of the Bucks Heat series so just think about that concept for a second like you know the Bulls could theoretically avoid the Nets the Bucks and the Heat if things work out if they continue to go as they have so far this season. Just a, it's that's what I'm getting at. It's just really interesting that this would
2: be a absolute dream scenario. Yes, like we would play if it, if the season ended today, we should cancel their season, just start the playoffs. I'm for it. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Let's get at over on the phone. I mean, like we would play Washington in the first round, and we would then play the winner of the Cavs and Seventy Sixers.
1: Right. And, and so we'd avoid – we'd only have to play the Bucks, Heat, or Nets once, which would just be exactly a dream scenario. So that's what we're yeah. hoping for, right? And uh, But just think about that. Isn't that amazing if if that happened and the Bulls would only have to face them in the Eastern Conference Finals, one of those three teams? Uh, that's why, you know, it's so unknown. You know, we'll see what happens. Then again, we could get unlucky and end up having to play, you know, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Nets, <laughs> right? It's that – Fluid. Right it's, now.
2: it's so close. There's no reason to even. Even though the scenario is how it is that there's no reason to predict anything about what will happen at the end of the year.
1: I'd like, your like the Bulls that... could
2: be seated like seventh by the end of the year. The way like they're so close. Like it, it's just it's right now. It's it's so far out that you can't. You have no idea what's going to happen.
1: Has Vucevic's uh, improved play over the last two games uh, brought you any solace?
2: This is exactly what I was going to talk to you about. <laughs> uh, so let me let me ask you this question. All right, so Vucevic, the last two games, uh, he scored 19 points on 17 shots with one turnover, so 18 possessions uh, against the Lakers. He scored 18 points on 18 shots, no turnover, so 18 points on 18 possessions uh, against the uh, Houston Rockets. So, you know, when you look at this, it's basically a 50% true shooting percentage, generally not particularly special. Right. Um. And I think this is, like, this is, like, what good Vucevic looks like. So, like, ignoring, like, where he's just shooting, like, way just, just god-awful, right? Like, he's he was god-awful earlier. Yeah. And I don't know that he's going to maintain this or not maintain this going forward uh, for the next rest of the year. But I think, do you, or maybe, let me ask you the question. Do you think this is what good Vucevic looks like? Cause I, I think th- this is what, like, good Vucevic looks like.
1: I thought he played very well against the Lakers when he put up the 19 and 13. And the, and the biggest point was he was, I think, three of six, if I remember correctly, from the three-point line. To me, where his, was. his real value comes and the ability to at least hit that at a 40% rate, which he did in Orlando. And he, he's had a ton of open looks at the three-point line this year that he's just bricked. In the Houston game, he didn't shoot it as well at all from the three-point line. I think he was 1-9 or something like Two that. Two of eight. Two of eight. Two of eight. So, terrible. And and that's where, you know, obviously you're going to beat a team like the Rockets. But if we're playing the 76ers, that's, that's where I want him to, in, in the playoffs when we play these good teams with some big, you know, some good bigs, he just needs to be able to hit that shot and pull out who's ever on him. And if
2: well, he, here's, here's yeah. what I'd say. He was 35 percent, 36 percent over those two games combined, five of 14. Uh, so that's kind of what he is for his career.
1: Yeah.
2: He's you know, a like, little I mean, just like suggesting recently. he's going to be he's 36 percent for his career. Like like one percent on the season really isn't going to matter one, one way or the other. We're talking about makes like two extra threes in the season. Like it, it just isn't. So this is kind of his three point percentage now is actually up kind of, like, around, you know, where he is for career. He's 34% from three on a season now. So, you know, it's not his his three-point shooting is, is maybe a little bit less than you'd expect, but it's not like it's, like, way less than you'd expect anymore. I and mean, we're now, like, a, he's, he's kind of, like, rounded out into, like, normal form for three-point shooting. You know, if he has, like, one more good three-point day, he's probably, like, back at, like, 36%, and that's, like, his career average.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So so like he's he's probably you know, he's within a stone's throw of where he is normally from three. You know, the area where he's like just way, way off is all the close twos. You know, that that's where, that's where he's not doing anything. And you know, my, my greater point though is like so let's just ig- ignore everything that's happened up until these last two games. So I think I think what you saw over these last two games, and this is really what it comes down to do you like Vucevic or do you not like Vucevic, these last two games are probably to me like a microcosm of what good Vucevic looks like. Mm-hmm. and and so it's really like and, and both of them like you can't just say well I like the Lakers game I didn't like the Houston game like the collective average of these two games is probably about what good Vucevic looks like and, and like on a season and like do you do you feel that that was good play and I kind of agree with you I thought he was awful in the Houston game his defense was was just so bad in that game too like he he was just terrible in that game yeah but yeah but yeah he was, he was solid against the Lakers I thought like he, he fit, did well there. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I thought he was pretty like, good.
1: Very little, good.
2: Little poor defensively early, but you know, once they stopped, I mean like Drummond did some damage in the first like five minutes or so. But then after that, like, he, you know, he he did well and, and did got a lot of rebounding and yeah, you know, I think he he did well at the end of the game. So you know, overall I thought it was a solid game against the Lakers. But this is this is what good Vooch looks like. So when you're talking about do you like Vooch or not, I think if you just look at the last two games and you come away and say yeah, this is this was a good player these last two games. I think this is kind of the player you get if you're getting good booch.
1: Yeah i I just think again it was uh you know total stats. You're right over the two games. I just thought he was much better in the Lakers game than yeah, the Rockets game. Yeah, of course he
2: was. Yeah. He and you Neither of the games were like terrible though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he neither passed of them a little. Were, were he, like they were. In the past, like where he was just shooting like three of fifteen and whatever, like none, he didn't have any games like that. So like the Houston game, still eighteen points and eighteen shots. You know, it was poor defensively. Lakers game, you know, some poor defense at times, but but overall was really good. You know, a little bit better on, on offense. You know, maybe had a few more key buckets. You know, whatever that, that Lakers game, the Houston game is just such a laugher anyway. Yeah. You know, but but I think like this that the combination of this was was who Vooch is when he's playing. Like, pretty well. Like, I think this is this is kind of like when you say Vooch will get back to where he was. This is what I think the consistent performance will look like. You know, a lot of, like, 8 for 18 games, you know, around around one point per shot. It's like, defensive up-and-downness.
1: I think his, and, game, yeah, his game is going to be of more importance, though, in the playoffs when there's not as much up-and-down. It, it does become more of a half-court game. And that's where my concerns are, is that for whatever reason this year – He, I think he's been really poor or atrocious with his back to the basket in the post. When he's he's had success with that before, and I don't know what's going on. Like it's just there's been a couple games. I think it was against the Cleveland or or against he had a couple posts against guys that he should just absolutely dominate in the post, and he was like bricking it off the backboard. It's it's kind of bizarre. And you highlighted this, and and I know Mark did on our last uh, big uh, Bulls beat. His his shot percentage in in the two point range is just so bad right now that can't continue. Like it, it just doesn't make sense that that would drop off so much. So my I'm hoping that he's much better in the post in the playoffs and he continues to do the make the right decisions. I think he's an excellent passer out of the post. I think you would probably concur with that. He he's, he's very good at that and that's huge. You know for the playoffs, the Bulls have some shooters. You surround them. If we, we make one more acquisition, I think we're cooking with gas and. He's he's a guy that's just going to be really key in the playoffs. If if he plays well and comes out, or just like the Lakers game, if he puts up a nineteen thirteen and and does some you know four assists, I think we're going to be a tough team to beat.
2: Yeah, and his his performance in the close shots—he's fifty six percent from zero to three feet, and his career average there is sixty five. Point seven percent.
1: Wouldn't you agree? It's so really that's really,
2: that's really the, the the big thing. And then the three to ten, he's at thirty six point seven percent this year, and his career average forty seven point seven percent. So those two areas where he's about ten percent down, and like overall and field goal percentage from zero to ten feet, that's really the difference this year. Yeah, that's really the difference. Like the rest of it, like you know the the long mid range, he's actually slightly above his career average, and the, the three point shot, he's you know, it's just a teeny bit below, but not enough that it's really impacting his stats. You know, the the long mid-range fixing it to uh, three-point is a little bit below. But it's a it's at zero to ten feet where you're, you're really, you know, struggling. And that's like about 40% of his shots. Yeah. You know, like that's that's the area that's really most impacting him.
1: My only other counter to it is that, yeah, his three-point percentage in terms of his career is pretty close. But it's not for his most recent years, like. He's but been a considerably Only, only better, his
2: most recent one year. Yeah, but he, he – he, he said one year where he shot 40%. That's it.
1: Wasn't he like 36 like, before that? 37 or something? I, I don't recall. Maybe I'm
2: yeah, – and, and and like 34 point whatever is pretty close to 37. Like that's like – he had one year where he 36.4. So his last years were 40% exactly previous year. The year before that, 33.9%. The year that before that, 36.4%. His like average over those three years is probably around just eyeballing it, probably around thirty six and a half percent, thirty seven percent. Yeah. So he's at thirty thirty four point three percent now. Like, it's it's not like he's way off. Like two years ago, he was thirty three point nine percent. It's not like it's crazy to suggest that thirty four point three percent is around what he's going to do. Like it's it's it, it's in the neighborhood of, of what he's going to do. Like he, yeah, maybe he's off by a percentage point, but it's not like it's it's like way out of bounds.
1: Right. Let's go on to Kobe White, who had twenty-four, five rebounds and two assists yesterday against uh, the uh, the Rockets. Are you feeling a little bit better about Kobe?
2: I mean, Kobe is in the same state with me as Vucevich, which is like you got to do this a few games in a row, right? You know, he's 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 a streaky guy by nature, and I think that's okay. But like, I need the streaks to be, you know, three on one off for a while before I feel like he's really back. But it is a good sign, you know, like. I'm not going to complain about it. You know, my, my general thought, and I don't know what you think about this, Kobe and Io are sort of competing for a role, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you got to kind of choose one of those guys. I think, you know, Kobe, he is basically a guy who can create his own shot and he can get you volume scoring. And he needs to prove he can do that on decent efficiency. And if he does that, he's valuable. Uh, Io so far has shown – He's a, uh, he has got a lot of defensive potential. Uh, he can be a spot-up uh, shooter. And, you know, maybe that's kind of it right now. And and you feel he's a little a good, bit maybe no, more confident that Io can show more because he's adjusting to the league yeah. still a little bit. But these guys are the same age, like nearly exactly. They both have, are under contract this year and next year only, and then they're gone, so we have the same amount of time. Uh, there's not really a lot of reason to be – to think one is going to have a much bigger improvement rate than the other. You know, IO's got a little advantage cause he's got a little bit of adjusting to the league, but studies have shown it's more about how old you are than, than how many years in the league you have uh, after that rookie season. So I give I O the edge on improving, mm-hmm. but not like a, not like a massive edge. Like it's not as big as you think. It's not like, well, Kobe's on his third year and IO's on his first. So Kobe, like I O has this big thing. Well, they're the same age. So like some of that is, is, is taken out. Um, not all of it, but some of it. So, you know, you got to kind of choose, and so they're very different players. Like Io, projects into kind of like the ultimate role player, right? Like if he pans out, very good defender, uh, spot up three point shooter, you know, decent passer, ball handler, so he can do do a few other things, and then maybe he adds more. You know, like he he's not like a complete zero in those other other areas, and and Kobe is a guy who can give you volume offense, but he's not going to give you the defense. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. My thought though. So I was, just, I was just kind of describing my view on both players first. My thought is I would give Kobe the reins until the trade deadline. And, and if he's not – after the trade dine, deadline, it's a meritocracy to me. Like whoever is doing better has to play. Up until the trade deadline, I'm willing to give Kobe some rope to see, like, can you prove that you're as good as you were last year? Can you, can you play well? Can you increase your trade value? And can we get something for you? Or can you increase your value enough that we actually want you on the court? Uh, I give Kobe to the deadline, and if he's not consistently good by then, then I'm willing to just completely bench him and just give all of his minutes to Io.
1: Yeah, Kobe's the, his advantage is in, he's, he's, he has l- less conscience as a shooter. Uh, so, I mean, some people might laugh at that, but I think there is some merit to that, right? You know, like to be able to, I'm going to shoot when I'm open, and it's going to you know, hopefully go in. Not everybody has that, and I think that's if if Io his only deficiency to me is he's not as aggressive as he should be when he has open looks at the three point line. And you're hitting it at a forty percent rate. Stop being concer- concerned about whether or not you should be taking that shot Just shoot it. Well, and part uh, of
2: that might be that he hits it at a forty percent rate because he takes the ones he's really comfortable in. Like some of that is cause and effect, right? Like, possibly. like the difference with Kobe is Kobe has taken step back threes over guys at times. He's taking off the dribble threes. He's launching like much higher difficulty shots. Yes. And and like I don't know that Io doing that same thing is going to perform as well as Kobe. Like like he might, but I don't think probably not with his shooting form. I think Io though
1: is significantly better defensively. I think he's a better passer. He's got a better feel. You've seen it already. Like there's passes he's I don't know that he's
2: a better passer. I think Kobe's okay passer. I think Io's an okay passer. I don't think either of them are like a super plus I agree he's better defensively. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's, yeah. Like, much longer. Yeah. And, and he has better instincts. You know, I mean, we've he's, seen he's way seen, more yeah. flashes defensively, you know, yeah. even as a rookie with mistakes included. You know, like I said, they're different players. Like, like Io is almost certainly going to be a role player in this league, right? Like, he, like right now, <laughs> just right now, after he gets used to the league, he's a plus good defender and a good open three-point shooter. Like, that's huge. How do, that that's like just fits exactly into anyone's roster as a role player, right? Absolutely. Like yeah. everyone wants that guy. You know, Kobe is a guy that like he's he's maybe he works his way up to average defensively, but he's more like the Lou Williams guy. Like, yeah, it's not gonna give you any defense, but he's a guy you can throw in with your bench in, in the good world. He's not this right now, but in the good world, Kobe's a guy you throw him with your bench and then he can carry your scoring load for like ten minute stretches against some other team's bench. And he can create shots when you got like lousy guys on the floor with him. And he can like allow your team to hold over on offense for like five, six minute bursts while your star is resting. Like that's where Kobe's value is. They're just totally different values. Like Io is a guy who, who could fit in well with the starters, you know, if you got like two scoring starters like we do, right? Like you could just you could just sub in Io, you know, with our starting lineup and and he would fit in fine. Right. Like he, I'll defend and I'll hit open threes and I don't have to do a whole lot else. He'd fit in great. And you know, he could do that kind of anywhere and he can fit in with the bench. He can like, it's, and he has to improve a little bit still to do all of that. Like he's not entirely there yet, but like, but his arch type would, would just fit in anywhere and plug in anywhere. And Kobe's got a little bit more limited role, but if if you can be that scorer, I think there's fewer people who who have that role too. And so they, they both have different types of value. There's different types of players.
1: What do you think of McKinney, who I thought was pretty good yesterday? Um, do you think he's a guy who can maybe steal a spot for some of the other players on the team, like?
2: Uh, but sure, I'd Matt Thomas
1: for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd I do it immediately. Like, why is this even? I mean, I think
2: Tyler Cook also looked, you know, like in, in very limited role. Like, maybe you'd rather have him than than Alize Johnson, who's just kind of looked like a train wreck so far. I yeah. mean, I, I think Thomas and, and Johnson are both really, you know. Uh, their roster spots, I think, are in jeopardy.
1: I agree, hundred percent. You know, I've never seen a guy work so hard, l a Johnson, AJ, uh, f- with such poor results. He just every every time he's out there, he's busting his rear end, and it never ends up well. It just he's not, yeah. he's, he's not. He doesn't have a lot of talent, and he's not big enough to play that role of junkyard dog. He's just not. Hey, big kudos
2: enough. to him for like making it in the league for a few years. So, just
1: yeah, on pure exactly. Art, exactly. Like effort,
2: right? Like you know, it's like uh, it's great. But yeah, I don't he, he's not been effective. You know, people were talking about him because his rebounding rate was so high Is like he's a Dennis Rodman like rebounder. I was yeah. like, come on. Like, we, I actually yeah. had to have this argument with people that LSA Johnson is not as good as Dennis Rodman. That, that was like a so real sad. thing that someone argued with.
1: Well, whoever that person is uh He's probably not worth arguing with anymore. I mean, that's ludicrous. I don't, I don't uh, think anyone ludicrous. holds up anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do want to go a little bit into, you know, Mark, our, our mutual friend from Australia was waxing I have for, a
2: whole one minute left before my heart cut off. was waxing about, poetic so. about uh,
1: Dotson's uh, game last night uh, where he had uh, five points and he had four assists. Uh, what say you? I,
2: yeah, Dotson played pretty well last night. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't he, wait to tell my grandkids. Want me to wax about a guy who had four assists and <laughs> five, five points. I mean, like, he he played well. He did his role. It was like the the Bulls survived while he was out there playing one of the worst lineups in the league. You know, like, yeah. you know, playing against the Houston bench. I mean, like, I, like okay. I, I, Dotson also probably looks good against the G League. God, like, willing, I, God I, I, willing. I don't know what uh, else to say about it.
1: God willing, one day we'll have grandchildren and we'll be able to sit by a fire and tell them the stories of Devin Dotson's five points against the lottery bound. Houston Rockets it will be a great story but I mean he looked story. he looked
2: good like I mean there's no he reason to on him for he, last he, yeah he sucks like,
1: he's he doesn't belong on a roster he's another guy I'd gladly give up his spot I mean
2: well he's on a two-way contract I mean it's not like he doesn't have a full roster spot so sure,
1: sure. you know yeah.
2: I, I thought Devon Dotson in his last two appearances looked okay
1: he's a rich man's like, Mini Cooper that's what he is so that's <laughs> probably probably a fair <laughs> assessment. That's probably pretty fair. As we take the bus in after another fun ride, a little bit way too contentious for such a good, uh, uh, good vibes that we have going early on, but I think we finished strong. What say you? Uh,
2: go bulls, I gotta leave. <laughs>
1: Take it easy, my man. Finish strong. Take it easy. <laughs> See detail. you
0: later. Bye. Bye Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L I V by Advantia.